Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Hello, I'm Danny Kelly. Welcome to Game Day, the record book. Now, if you've been listening last week, you'll know all about what we're going to do here. Myself and my guests will discuss the best and worst performances, the heroes and the villains of another fantastic weekend of football. Then, in theory, we'll put them into a record book, which will grow over the course of the season into the definitive account of what's happened in the Premier League in 2019-2020 season. To help me with all of that, of course, we haven't done the book yet. I'll have to get out the old glue and pens and paper and do it uh, during the week. To help me with all that, I'm delighted to say we're joined by comedian and broadcaster and Derby fan, Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Uh, I noticed Dar- Derby fan there is the third one of that list, is it? Well, I would have thought um, your agent would want to say comedian and broadcaster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your, your wife would probably want to say father and husband and all the rest of it, but we'll settle for where it's we are just now. It's a list, isn't it? And alongside him, he played for over 142 clubs during his career. <laughs> Um, I think he played 41 games for the Republic of Ireland and scored seven goals. He immediately slapped me and said nine. It's David Connolly. Hello, David. Uh, very good. How are you? Definitely got nine goals for the Republic. I'm sure it was nine. I can only remember seven of them in my, in my memory. So anyway, but nine is good. Thank you both very, very uh, much for joining us. As I say, this is game day, the record book. <laughs> Pukki! Oh, what a goal! Timu Pukki volleys Norwich in front with a spectacular right-footed effort. Lamella, the Tottenham goal scorer, will take. It's an in-swing towards the six-yard area. Flicked on and flicked in. Lucas Moura with his first touch has equalised for Tottenham. What an impact. Sheffield United's first goal at Bramall Lane after returning to the Premier League. Sheffield United 1, Crystal Palace 0. The goal scorer is John Lundstrom. Someone just, just told me before that I'd scored in every league now in English football, so I didn't, I didn't, really, I didn't really know that myself. I'd never really took that into account. Let's get stuck straight into this. Performance of the weekend. I'll start with you, David, because you actually um, were doing broadcasting on the game that includes your performance of the weekend. Yeah, and there's only one for me that's got to be Norwich. They were absolutely sensational, as bad as Newcastle were. Um, they were really under pressure, obviously, after the defeat against Liverpool, which, look, come on, let's be frank, they had no chance. And you, it's not really a gauge, is it, when you play Liverpool. That's not a gauge of Norwich and their capabilities. But Newcastle certainly was. And Carrow Road, it's a great place to go and play your football. 
Um, unlike, I think, we were discussing Keith O'Neill. I remember a former Ireland player who said the best thing about Norwich was the A11 out of it. I don't <laughs> quite agree with that. I think it's a great place to go and play. I mean, the stadium looks magnificent, and they were superb. I mean, I mean he, sh- he shouldn't say that about Norwich, but it is. Norwich has occasionally had a good rap for a very bad reason. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go straight into this. I know the foot. Hang on the football for one second. <laughs> um, during the Second World War, um, the RAF accidentally bombed Heidelberg. Um, which is the centre of German learning. Um, and the Nazis, in response, we had one to the Nazis already less than two minutes into the podcast, they decided that this was a deliberate attack on German culture. And they said, well, what can we do in revenge? And they, they, they had their intelligence was so lacking that they got out some kind of guidebook, I think it's the Michelin guidebook, and they saw that Norwich had a cathedral and they said, there, that's it. And Norwich was bombed is as a real? result. That that's a ab- real... Absolutely. Um, all, all historical facts are verified before yeah, well, I come I on. So. That's absolutely true. Um, th- I'm going to ask you a question, David. Um, uh, you re- mentioned that the, the performance was perhaps h- highlighted by the fact that Newcastle was so terrible. Can you really be the hero of the week if you're up against the team? I mean, I mean after about 20 minutes, the Norwich players must be going, looking at each other going, these are here for the taking, aren't they? Well, you're absolutely right. But what I would say is, obviously, they're the side from the Championship and they actually, you know, look like an established Premier League team. And mm. they made Newcastle look like, you know, they're the team adjusting to the Premier League. They, I mean, they were sensational. They've got so many good technicians in their side. Really comfortable on the ball and they just they blew Newcastle away. Yeah. They had no response and I got to say I felt really sorry for those Geordies up there. It's an awful long way. I think it's 250 odd miles or something and there was train strikes and Oh, it must have been a dreadful journey home. I wonder, Mark, and you, you've been to match where this has happened, I wonder if it's even worse for the Newcastle fans because they got the famous consolation goal. It's better to lose 3-0 and have something to really moan about on the train back, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, you, know, they, you know, the famous, we won the second half and stuff like that. No, if you're going to get tonked, get tonked proper. Yeah, and also there'll be, there'll be Newcastle fans that have got Norwich defenders in their fancy football teams, so I do feel sorry for them conceding that goal. Um, but... Norwich against Newcastle. Sorry, I forget, where they I forget there's a second layer to everything I say. Those of you who either do gambling or <laughs> fantasy football always think, huh, that's not the right result. <laughs> it, it can be. Um, Norwich against Newcastle were given time and space and they've shown that they can do some serious damage against teams that allow them that sort of opportunity. But you mentioned the Liverpool game beforehand. They were doing this against them who press you all day long. So it looks to me like Norwich are going to be, you know, dangerous going they're going to score goals especially when you've got the likes of Pookie in your team they're going to score goals this season they'll also concede a fair few I think we might see a few 3-2s 4-3s this season I I I think they're going to be the entertainers I think you're exactly right because in the championship they conceded something like the same as Forrest and Stoke for Mm. example but they scored as many goals as they did points got 90 odd so I think they can they're going to continue that. They're going to have to outscore, you know, 36 points. To I forget about the old um, mantra of 40. Thir- three, they've got three of the 36 there, um, and they're going to have just to find 11 more teams to outscore, and they will stay up. I will say this, and we're going to talk about Sheffield tonight in a second. Norwich look incredibly fit. I think the championship, one of the things you have to be is a physically, physically powerful team, and they looked incredibly strong to me. Well, they did, and although Pookie was the hero, at the end of the game, Daniel Fark comes on the pitch as he does at every home game because I've seen this previously and he goes to every stand all mm-hmm. the way around it he's got the little um, German getting them down low getting them ready yeah. and they actually they love him up yeah. there and he was yeah. and he was wearing a pair of tracksuit bottoms yeah wait till, was, wait till um, they lose three on the spin and they're throwing <laughs> the pies at him a whole separate thing I'll go next if I may that's uh, the case that David has made for performance of the week being Norwich City now people know where my allegiances lie 
um, and I want you to deal with this seriously. <laughs> I think that the performance of the week was Tottenham Hotspur. How can we take that seriously? The, uh, you'll just have to. I'm going to tell you why. At the Etihad, where against a team that had won their previous, uh, what was it, 97 home games, and Spurs were coming off the back of six successive um, Premier League defeats away from home uh, last season. And the reason why I thought it was so impressive, first of all, let me just, let's be honest, let's put it out there. They could have got beat six, they should have got beat seven, um, but the score was 2-2. One thing about that, it, that's why football is the greatest game on the planet. Every other sport, the unit of scoring is mm. so regularly available that the better team always wins. Doesn't happen in association football, the better team doesn't always win. But in a world where people are talking about the environment and waste for Spurs to go to Manchester City, the best team in the world, the best football team in the world, with all due respect to Liverpool, and only muster two shots and still come away with a point. I say, if you care about the planet and you care about <laughs> ecology and you care about waste, that is efficiency taken yep. to its absolute limits. Harry and Meghan, they should take note. Absolutely. And the little Norwegian girl, she's already said, well done, Tottenham. That is just fantastic. Yep. You've gone, made no effort to win the game and come away with a point. So They've actually had three shots because Harry Kane had a shot from about 55 yards. That, trying that to replicate what now. he did in yeah. pre-season. I, I, can you count that? I I'm counting it. I think it has to reach the goal line for it to be a shot, really, <laughs> from that distance. I don't know. Um, look, I've got nothing else to say about that except if you're looking for efficiency um, and also the beauty of a game where... And for the away fans, the Spurs fans in the ground, what better? There is no more juicy, delicious point than one done with smash and grab. And with all due respect, I felt sorry for... Manchester City at the end with the old VAR thing that only added to that was like putting an, an extra layer of sugar on top of what was already a pretty delicious cake performance of the week in my opinion you but I mean I'm going to get on to that if you can call it an opinion we'll get onto that later on mm -hmm. uh, but this opinion of mine for the performance of the week is mm. Chef United another one of the promoted clubs have beaten Crystal Palace and again Palace were very very poor lacked any sort of ambition really going forward but this is a promoted club coming up playing against an established Premier League side and making them look very, very average early on. We've been told about Sheffield United's overlapping centre-backs and this extremely uh, intricate system that Chris Wilder plays. Didn't oh. really see that today. No. What we did see was, was a team really run for each other. And we saw some real quality in there as well. This isn't a team that's going to hoof the ball long. They keep hold of the ball, they pass it. It's on the floor most of the time. Mm. And they've got a couple of players there. They they've got a bit of... I, I was going to say... They have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's old-fashioned and uh, one doesn't want to see anyone hurt, but there was a bit of clog going in there from Sheffield United. It was the Mike Neil Warnock had never left, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But never mind saw... overlapping centre-backs, have some of this. But what you saw was the likes of Zaha, who's obviously got a few issues at the moment with not being able to leave the club, but you saw him getting very frustrated very early by their right-back. Is it Baldock, the, the, the yeah. right-back at yeah. Sheffield United? And you thought from that moment on, He's rattled. He's rattled. Sheffield United have got their best player rattled here. They've got a real shot at this. They had their twenty million pound signing on the bench, McBurney coming off. So they have got some. They've got some quality there in a bit more depth. But they've than out, they had if they outspent him. Palace, they probably have. Yes, and Palace they've also got have fifty million. A modest transfer record, but three times during the course of the close yeah, season. Yeah, that's not too bad. But obviously, those players. I mean, twenty million is a lot for for Ollie McBurney, but. To show that he's on the bench is Absolutely. a bit of a show of strength. David, there's a bit of depth can, there. can we really allow Mark's nomination to be the performance of the week when they're only playing against 10 men? Because what is Christian Benteke these days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a little sympathy for Benteke. I have, I have a little honest. sympathy for him as well. well oh, oh, a little, okay. I was at um, Sellers Park, I think it was last season, and um, I was with a, uh, a friend and we were sitting beside this 
this gentleman and it turned out it was Ben Teke's agent and um, he was he was very low very you know, nice suit yeah yeah very nice suit <laughs> yeah. but, but obviously Ben Teke hasn't really worked out for him and, and his agent was putting up a a reason an argument as to why and I tell you there was something in it and it went along the lines of well if you had you know Zaha on one wing cutting in on his stronger foot and Townsend on the other cutting in getting their shots off you know what is my client he, he can There's never no get a chance there's no crosses he's never going to get a ball into the box and actually when I looked at Benteke after that I could say well there might be something in that because he's he's in a side that is not suited to him I, I hear that so then you have to you have to adapt your game slightly I watched Andros Townsend play for 10 years at Spurs and of course he gets Premier League contracts because he cuts in twice a season onto his left foot and lambasts it into the top right hand corner of the goalkeeper but most of them let's be fair go flying wide if Christian would just stand and about six yards out and get him, make sure he's about eight foot off the ground. He can head those in. Most of Andros Townsend's shots are not going into the net. They need deflecting in. So he just needs to think about that for a minute. He does. There's a degree of, I think, sympathy with, with Palace. Although when I look at Roy Hodgson, I mean, I've seen Roy quite a few times because he used to live down the road from me. I'd often see him. I love all this gossip we've got. Yeah. That's what David's here for. Yeah, I yeah. like it. He, um, Where'd you see Roy? Where, where was he? I, he likes a curry. Okay, and a, and a pint. So I often see him in in the local curry house having a beer, um, but he he swears like a trooper. I've heard he's a terrific lad, and and I believe his house is is named after Anfield. I believe. <laughs> okay, why is that? Um, well, I, I think know he's the, the manager there, but with what? the payoff, I think it helped. <laughs> he's he's also something it. of a brainiac. My uh, lady wife, who's a literary journalist, tells me he also reads proper novels. That uh, I'm looking around this room, none of us read. Uh, it's fair to say. So, uh, all right, these were tremendously convincing arguments, particularly the one about Spurs. Um, let's <laughs> let's put, let's put it to the vote then. What is the performance of the weekend? I'll I'll let you start, if I, Mark. Have you been have you had your mind been changed by David or myself? Absolutely not. I mean, certainly not yours. No, that mm. was yours. Was borderline insanity. Uh, David's was, was, you know what, actually, I think David did have a good argument. I, I, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll concede that one. And again, I, I, my argument was all based on ecology, and this is supposed to be a football <laughs> uh, show, and I will always stick up for the earth. I you will must. always stick up for the North Pole and for Gaia. Someone's um, got to. But I think in this case, I think we'd be hard-pressed, despite your brilliant words, uh, Mark, to get past Norwich City, who are definitely our performance of the week here on the game day, the record book. Attacking players, we didn't show the quality today. I mean, the fact is, is, you can't keep talking about attacking quality. Unfortunately, in the game, the players were not capable of showing that quality. So, I don't know about if it's surprising or not that we're dealing with human beings, we're not dealing with robots. Players don't always play as well as they'd like to play. These things happen. And it's clipped in for Aguero, and that is absolutely magnificent from Manchester City. Tottenham were picked apart, and after seven Premier League games without a goal against Tottenham, that was razor sharp. Newcastle got a consolation goal in stoppage time through John Joe Shelby, but that's almost all they had to show for their efforts. Norwich dominated possession, dominated territory. Defensively with and without the ball, we, we didn't do enough. And I think that's the disappointing thing, that they haven't done much to score a goal against us. Fantastic earlier on when we gave out the performance of the weekend. It's much better, though, when we go. I like the negative side of this, so is, I think, my favourite parts of the show. So now, the worst performance of the weekend. Um, Mark Smith, uh, you, you give you a chance to start. Um, let me just say, 
Derby County fan, comedian and broadcaster just to get your Thank priorities you. in the yes, right order. That's right. Where do you want your families going? Is fourth? Um, if they've got to be on it at all, yeah, I suppose no, fourth. leave them off. I'll put them below the line, so to speak. Right. What's your worst performance of the weekend? Well, in, I'm going to fly in the face of your best performance and say Spurs. No, surely. I mean, yeah, of course, yes. They went to City. They got a result against all odds and, and a two-all on paper at the end of the season is going to look brilliant, especially if it means they've you know come second or third or maybe just scraped to top four. But the way they went about it yesterday, Danny, don't look at me like that. It was <laughs> That was absolute daylight robbery. Now, I like Spurs. I've got no problem with Spurs. But that was not a game of football they were playing. It was just... They seemed completely off the pace from like minute one onwards. They looked tired very quickly. They didn't look like they had a proper pre-season compared to Man City. You were getting up and down, showed plenty of fizz and determination. The passing was all over the place. New signings like Ndombele were just not at the races whatsoever. Harry Kane, I don't think, had more than five touches. In the, he, had, in the, he did. He had six. To be six absolutely touches. Precise there was, there was nothing. You look at the stats, and I know, I know the stats don't mean anything necessarily because 2-2 is the most important one. But the amount of touches in the box compared to Man City, it was just, it was awful. And yet, <laughs> they've got a 2 all. Somehow, they've got a 2 all. Do you give them any credit? I mean, I thought they were abject. And they, if they lost 7-0, I, I would if it's, if it's Pochettino, I give them lots of credit. I love that guy. Even if, you know, as you say, they're a bit like a, I guess, a boxer just waiting for a rematch. You know, mm. just happy to take a draw, and and maybe when they're stronger again, and but they've it, got all their reserves of strength back. I think, look, they really miss Song. But that really box, that boxing fight gets stopped. That had been stopped because at two it, one, it looked like it, it could have gone three four five one. I put I put ten pounds on fourth goal being Man City. Within ten seconds, I'd lost it. And I knew, <laughs> I knew this is not this is not my sport. It turns out if it'd been a boxing match, Spurs would have to throw a massive towel. I mean, <laughs> half the size of the pitch out, on, onto the pitch. Um, I, the, 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 only, the, only love... credit, the only credit I think you can give them is that you know for years and years, and I, I, I could I could actually go through all the years that I've been told Spurs are the well, Alex Ferguson. For God's sake, it's only effing Spurs and all the rest of it. A team that's supposed to have no pluck at all. Mm. Yet here they are for the second week running, uh, getting a result from an unfavourable position. Yeah, Something in abso- that. Absolutely. And with the players he had available. So, you know, the reason I like him so much is is I nearly worked with him. He's one of those that I nearly worked with. There can't I'm be gutted. many that you haven't worked yeah, with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But he's one of them. I left Southampton, really, and he, he kind of came in. And Where does um, he go for a curry? Well, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think he has curry, but he does like red wine because I brought him a bottle, and um, so I went back into Southampton to watch to watch them train, and um, he was absolutely brilliant. I bought him a bottle of red and a bottle of Malbec. He loved that. Watched training, but he works relentless, right? I mean, everyone yeah. I know who's played under him said he is the absolute best. So I think he got what he got against Man City. I don't think any other coach with the players he had available against City who were playing such good football. Mm. I'm not sure anyone else would have even got a point. No, and they shouldn't have got a point. This is this is my point. It was it was a mad game. So there was an interview with Louis Van Gaal a few months ago, and he was talking about how a lot of pundits of in this country, yeah, speaking of mad, in this country, said a lot of pundits, the majority of pundits, will analyse the result and not the game. And this is exactly what we're oh, doing here. We're no. just talking two all. Oh, as you know, no, no, got no, a no, no, no. Spurs were abject, and 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 you know, Manchester City were fantastic. It's only because the game is so brilliant, as we just said in the Absolutely. first part. Uh, that it goes on because that, that. That's, that's, there is no other sport you're right where that can happen and it'll be a two right. my worst performance of, of the weekend is and Spurs are very much part of this as well passing out from the back or as I know it 
passing out from the bloody back. Um, what on earth, I won't use the language I used uh, halfway through the game on Twitter, what on earth were Spurs doing? Passing and dribbling the ball around in their six-yard area, in their 18-yard area, for endless, endless amounts of the game. Now, I know that uh, Maurizio Pochettino knows more about football than I do. I also think that Pep Guardiola knows more about football than I do. After that, you're pretty much dropping off a cliff. I'm next in knowing <laughs> about football. And what I know is, and here's what it is, we saw as well um, the goal that Chelsea scored today yep. um, when their opponents just ponied about on the edge of the, uh, of the penalty area caught, yeah. uh, and get caught by Mason Mount, bless him for doing that, and scoring the goal. Here's what I think. Pep Guardiola has convinced and shamed every other football manager in the world into believing you have to play out from the Apart back. Apart from one. Sean Dyche. Okay. Pep Guardiola has convinced or shamed every football manager in the world, except for Sean Dyche, Thank you. <laughs> into believing you have to play out from the back. You know why he's done this? Because that's what he wants you to do, and that's what his teams want you to it's do. So, so they can um, kill you. Well, what is hilarious, you're spot on, Danny. I don't know if you're... Last week, so I don't think... So the phrase beat. you're looking for is, of course you're spot on, Danny. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> they lost 3-0 to uh, Burnley. Yeah. And uh, Ralph Hersenhutl said... Oh, I just cannot believe it. You know, they didn't pass out at the back and they just kicked along, which meant we could never win it high. Well, yeah, that's Burnley. They're not going to play out. What do you expect? And I agree, at times, it's not on to play pretty fast. And against football. Manchester City, just mix it up. Give them something to think about at the back. Harry Kane's good in the air. Belt it forward one time in four so that City don't... I mean, they're clever. He's clever. By bringing in Rodri, who's a, a unit by modern football standards... They're adding to their centre-halves because they know that's what teams might try and do, is to load the ball down on top of their ball-playing centre-backs. Um, but I, honest to God, I was pulling what's left of my luxurious locks out uh, yesterday, watching Spurs and other teams, of course, ponying around. It's made worse, of course, by this new rule where the goal kick doesn't have to leave the penalty area. It won't be long now till they'll be lining up in a semicircle around the goalkeeper and playing a kind of handball with it. Well, it's terrible. If, if you make a mistake like Adrian, for example, then mm -hmm. then obviously that's the benefit of trying to win it off them. But yep. I don't know if that many other goalkeepers would make such a stupid error. No. So he could be in there for a But I don't think we're advocating for, for getting rid of people playing at the back, are we, entirely? It's just mixing it up a bit, surely. Um, because this is an evolution of the game, a progression well. of how the game goes. And I'm much happier watching the fact that if you go down the leagues, teams are doing it there as well. I think it's a good, progressive, positive thing and to I see, see a I League see Two team. Veteran footballers back. in League Two being asked to play out for the back, <laughs> and, they, and you can see their careers being shortened, not because there's any physical problem with it, but because they're nervous wrecks. They but these are teething problems in the, in, a, in the evolution of the game, surely. And uh, in five years' time, when all goalkeepers are incredible with their feet be a different story well I think what Danny's getting at is are we manufacturing the rules to suit the likes of Pep Guardiola um, we're manuf he has shamed them all to thinking this is how you have this to is go how football should be played do you think that rule's been changed then as a result of Pep I think not. The, well not directly Abu Dhabi group getting involved no, yeah. no, no, no Barcelona oh, which rule the passing out from the back for goalkeepers can Oh, pass. no, I, I, God knows why they did that. God knows why they did that. I mean, let's be fair, all these goalkeepers are now supposed to be so brilliant with their feet. Surely they can pass outside the penalty area without having people coming to them. Who's your worst performance of the week, David? It's got to be Newcastle. They were absolutely atrocious. Um, where to start? I mean, they were so bad all over the park. Big call from Steve Bruce to leave out, who I believe is one of the best defensive midfielders in Sean Longstaff. Um, played what, what was his reason for that? Well, I don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. I've looked in the local paper. They can't work it out. Now, apparently, he's, he was a bit tired. He was a bit fatigued. But if you look back last season, 
You spoke about Pep. Man City couldn't beat Newcastle because they had Sean Longstaff mm. in midfield. He covered more ground than any other player. Same against Spurs. Now he's going to play Newcastle. Uh, he's going to play Norwich, and whether he's taken Norwich lightly or thinking right, we're going to win this. We don't need that sort of player in there. We need a bit more guile. And he's left him on the bench. I mean, they were no, they couldn't. They were chasing shadows. Absolutely chasing shadows for the whole game. It was one of the worst performances I think Newcastle's have fans certainly since mm. they've been promoted. They had no control whatsoever in the middle of the park, and that's exactly what Longstaff brings for you. And to leave him out was—I know he's come off the back of an injury. Was it an ACL last year? But it seemed like a yeah, a real risky one leaving him out. Uh, and he, you know, he made five changes to absolutely no effect whatsoever. Have you ever been? Dra- they were dragged back on Sunday uh, for extra training. Have you ever been dragged oh, back yes. in the first week of the season? Yeah, well, I've been dragged back. Well, actually, there was a man here doing a, uh, a show the other day, Martin Keown, and he'll, he'll testify to that. I, I got married. Actually, well, I had my uh, engagement party, and um, the manager knew at Leicester I was playing with Martin, and um, I was in no fit state to go training, but we weren't training, but we lost. So we were dragged in the next day and poor Martin had to take me to training. I was in a, a very bad way. And, and his car ended up in a very bad way after too. Oh, that's very sad. Uh, serious mm. question for you both. Uh, Newcastle, I note now, are with uh, uh, the bookmakers, second favourites to go down. Um, Only second? Who, yes. Who's, who's number one? Sheffield United. I tell you, I'd, I'd, you worry about Newcastle? Oh, I'm very worried. I tell you why, because Jolinton... There's plenty of Newcastle number nines who would have banged this chance he had in. He had a header at the back post and they'd be turning in the grave. I think Shearer's already said that. You know, the front two were awful. He couldn't hold the ball up. It was The ball was coming off him like a trampoline. Um, he didn't have a stomach for it as far as I can no, see. No, and he gave he up. He didn't fancy He basically it. gave up. He gave the old, oh, groin's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get me off. And that was it. He was out of there. Um, really worrying for them. I love the way that um, in the old days, you know, people used to make a mistake in the transfer market and say, that is 700 grand we've wasted. <laughs> Forty million? Anybody? Well, we, we're getting into the realm of the benefit of the doubt. Benefit oh, of, of the doubt, of course. It's his second game. He could be a well, superb it, signing, he but could. it didn't look good. For he's that. only ever scored eight goals in a season, yeah. and that's from Hoff- Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Worst performance of the week. Um, uh, David, I'll let you pick first. I've gone for playing out from the back. Mark amazingly thinks that Spurs were the worst performance of the week. You think Newcastle? Well, I, t- I think playing out from the back is up there, but obviously, as I witnessed Newcastle firsthand, I'm going to have to stick with Newcastle. Um, Mark, I'm being kind to you because you're a guest. Uh, you, 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 are you going to stick? Because if you do, if you do stick with yours, then I'm mm. going to have to make a, a sort of definitive decision. Yeah. Well, I can't go playing out from the back because that sounds prehistoric to try and wipe that out. So, I, and I can't go with you, David, because um, Why? I, I've got, I've got a dog in this fight and I want to win it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm sticking with mine. Go on, Danny. Who okay. are you picking? Okay. Um, I watched. I've got five pounds I in my watched, pocket. I watched the game uh, between Manchester City and Spurs from behind the sofa, as they say. Um, but I, I was never as afraid of the Daleks as I was of the way Spurs were being pressed back by Manchester City. Um, I thought Spurs were abject, despite their point. And I'm going to say that Spurs was the worst performance of the week. Having hang on, advocate, hang on, hang yeah. on. So you've said they're the best and the mm, worst. Yeah, that's the kind this of con- bonkers. That is the kind of contradictory show that I <laughs> I run. So there's the prize for worst performance of the week. Come on down, Tottenham Hotspur. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. It's left by Catwell for Pookie on a hat trick! You just couldn't doubt him! Timu Puki sets the seal on three points with three quite brilliantly taken goals. Hey, I'm confident I can keep keep going, going, uh, do well in the Premier League, and and we as a team, we believe we we can do it. What a goal! Southampton nil, Liverpool one. It just had to be him, Sadio Mane, the former Southampton man. It was really nice. It was really nice. It was really explosive going inside and then yeah. finishes. I saw it. Probably, I was the first who saw the ball to go in because I had exactly the sort of line. I'm loving that gong. I requested a gong. It's very, very good Sounds indeed. expensive, that gong. Well, I think over £3 in a flea market where we got it. Very, wow. very good indeed. Only problem with it is if you if you do it live in the studio, we, we pre-record it for a reason. If you do it live in the studio, people come looking for their dinner. Right. Um, so best that that doesn't happen. Um, we're on to individual or hero of the week. Yours is not an individual, Mark. No. No, not an individual, nor is it a team. It's actually, uh, for a show mainly about the Premier League, maybe a bit off piste here but I've gone for the championship mm. as my hero of the week uh, I think this has been an outstanding weekend for the championship a great advert for that division I mean look at it we've got three teams have come up two of them have won this weekend Sheffield United already discussed it thought they were outstanding Norwich David's discussed this superb Villa the only team of those three to change a lot of their first team players who did so well in the championship have gone and lost their second game in a week look at individual players look at Mason Mount we had him at Derby last year, superb. Harry Wilson, ditto. We've also got, who else is there from the Champions League squad this weekend? Of course, Pookie, scored a hat-trick. This has been a superb weekend of Championship football, essentially. We've seen you can make the step up. We've seen the quality in that division can be replicated at this level. And I think it's just it's been a really good weekend to be a Derby County supporter, to look at it and say, you know what, it's not a million miles away. There's still a huge gap, of course, but it's not a million miles away. We've got a real expert in the studio here because you've played in both these levels. I think the I think the the idea that uh, the, the, the two leagues are miles apart, I think the top half of the Pre- Premier League is a distant dream for the teams in the bottom half of the Premier League. But the gap, David, if, unless my eyes are deceiving me, between the teams that come up with the Championship and those who are perennially struggling at the bottom of the Premier League is very limited these days. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I think what's interesting is those sides that are doing quite well have, have retained the bulk of their players. And it's a similar eleven every week, or similar yeah. squad, certainly, with Norwich and Sheffield. And and I guess the they've one not, player... They've not fallen for the Fulham idea, have well, they? Well, Villa have. Villa have. Villa. have. Yes. And they, they've lost the first two, so maybe... Yeah. There There's might something be something to be in it. That. And I think, going back to the Championship, there's only one player who scored 20-plus who's not playing in the Premier League. 
and that's quite an incredible stat. Jared Bowen, he yeah. got 22, oh. but basically everyone else is now plying their trade in the Premier League and doing well, you know. So, um, obviously, you've got your Abraham, he's got bags of goals he played today, didn't he? You've got your Puka, your Sharps, you know. So Neil Mopay. Um, Neil Mopay, exactly. Mm. All off the mark. So it's a great advert. I agree. Um, uh, I think the Championship's done brilliantly. And I think you're right about top and bottom half. I think if, if any top half Championship club plays against a bottom half Premier League club in the FA Cup, it's no longer a shock if the Championship club wins that game. And I think that says a lot about the strength and depth of, of English football at the moment. I'm not quite sure how it's all happening because the, the money from the Premier League definitely doesn't filter down in the way that it used to in the past. But something is going on that just makes the teams... Maybe it's because, um, as I say, the old 40-point barrier has definitely been roaded down to 36, 35 points. Yeah. Win 12 games. Go out and do your thing. Whether you're a clogging team, whether you want to play like mini Barcelona, go out and do your go thing. Go and risk it. You can lose a lot. You can lose 20 matches, yeah. and you'll still, you can still stay in the league. Do what Norwich did at Anfield. Go and, yeah. go and try and win it. Don't just sit back and... and None of them and are going to do a Wolves. Are they? No. They're not of that quality, but they're going to give it a really. And I think they'll add. I think they're really going to add to the Premier. They won't be boring sitting off, playing five at the back, four in midfield, hoping for a nil-nil. Neither none of those teams. All, all three teams. Uh, I'm very excited about watching them this yep. season, and you can't say that every year about three promoted clubs. Okay, listen. Thank you very much indeed. I'll I'll go in the middle here and say that my hero of the week, and it's a, it's kind of predictable because he's a fantastic footballer, is Sadio Mane. And I, I make him my hero of the week because he's done, quite apart from what he's done off the pitch, we'll talk about that too, he's done what I require of professional footballers, even if you're on 200 grand a week, even if you are um, a, a person holding a Champions League winner's medal in your hand, he gets better and better and better. And when he first went there from Southampton, I thought he was a player who was a great individual. He terrorised teams with that ability to run at people and, and beat people. Then he cut, does those goals where he cuts inside, lamps it at great velocity past the hapless keeper. But I think yesterday showed again that he's really, really starting to get it now, probably because he's got a fantastic coach in Jurgen Klopp and his gang, um, making runs that take people away from the players he's playing with, passing the ball. Let's be fair. He had no plan to pass the ball when he first went to Liverpool. His idea was, I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to beat you, I'm pointing to you now, David Connolly, I'm going to beat you and then I'm going to lamp this into the net. Now he sees that other people, Firmino, etc., um, are absolutely in better positions yeah. and he gives them the opportunity to do it. I think he's become, um, and it's really a big thing to say given Mohamed Salah's play, he's become as important as any other player in that team when they got Van Dijk as well. I'd have him ahead of those guys. In my best player at Liverpool ah. would be Mane, without a doubt. I think I think he is, like you say, he's a much more rounded attacking player. He mucks in for the team. He gets stuck in. Best thing about it, scored against Southampton his old club, and he celebrated. And, and I want and, to and see there, that. And there is the next thing. Yes, if you belt one in against your old club, no more this hang dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, you're not sorry. You should be blinking delighted you've done it. And on a show which uh, sometimes majors on its cynicism and not wishing to do our tune. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you remember our tune on Radio 1? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they obviously had it on a cartridge, um, i.e., for those of you too young, that was a piece of t large, it was like a large v VHS, like a, an, an old-fashioned video, and it had become, when I worked on Radio 1, we used to often play it on our show, even though it wasn't it wasn't our thing, um, because it was so old, it had become very stretched and out of tune, so it was just, uh, 
<laughs> but but at the risk of going out of tune, when I saw those pictures during the close season, and believe me, he had virtually no close season because of the African Cup of Nations. See Sadio Mane going back to his native Senegal, where he is personally financing a school just for the kids in Senegal. What a man! Yeah. And he's mm. my therefore my hero of the week. But he's going to have to go some to beat David's. Well, he is. Um, I don't think Pookie's built a school. But um, that might be coming. You never know. Uh, he was. You absolutely... are mad on Norwich, aren't you? You're absolutely <laughs> yes. mad on them. Well, I am, but I'm actually I had a terrible experience there last time I was there. Go on. Um, well, mm. I, I was commentating on a game for Talk Sport, and I got there really early, uh, too early. So I was just sat in the car, and you it know, was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Good Friday. <laughs> well, it turned out to be a bad Friday, but anyway, oh. um, I decided to get out and you know <laughs> open the back back door, but I left my keys in the ignition. As soon as I shut the driver's door. The whole car locked, and it's good Friday. Uh, it's about four o'clock. Game's kicking off soon, or whatever. Is I think it's half five kickoff, and I'm panicking like mad, looking for a brick, looking for something to get into the car. All my stuff's in there, so I was defeated, walking away, and then out of just corner of my eye, just it's like an apparition. Dillian Smith. Uh, yeah, if only it was a uh, fire um, engine. Right. And I went up to them very kindly and said, "Look, I'm so I've been really stupid. I've locked the keys in my car," and they said. Sorry, we can't help. You need to have a child in the car. And I said, I have. Did I said, you? Well, no, I didn't. I said, <laughs> it was childish behaviour. Does that count? They went, all right. So they all got on the engine, because apparently you have to get on the engine. What? And went about 400 <laughs> yards around the corner and came and got my door open. It was getting there. Wow. So it was White Watch, Carrow Road, White Watch. So I do have a, a little soft spot for Norwich. Because of the <laughs> Norwich Fire Department. Well, David, because of the Norwich Fire Department. <laughs> well, thank you, because now I'm going to tell you my... You better have one as well. All Most right. unexpected appearance of a fire appliance. I think <laughs> I, I think I can top it. Um, many, many years ago, when the world was young and dinosaurs roamed the earth, I was working for Radio 1. Right. Just let that sink in. <laughs> I was working for Radio 1 and I went to Los Angeles to do a documentary about Michael Jackson and the producer and I said, you know what, this is all very well talking to his producers and all the rest of it. His greatest hits LP, his story, history, was coming out. I said, why don't we go to his house? Let's go to Neverland and talk to Michael Jackson. Now, when they say he lives in Los Angeles, um, you forget that America's quite a big country. So we took, uh, uh, took off, myself and Wendy, if you're listening, Wendy, of course you are, um, hello, and we took up up the Pacific Coast High Road, Ventura, the Ventura Road, and we got to eventually, after about four hours of driving, you get to the little town of Santa Inez, which leads you up into the Santa Inez Mountains, where we learned that is where Neverland is. So we're driving up the road, which becomes a single track, which becomes a dirt track, and eventually you're just in this forest. Um, and we're told this is still the right road, but we were lost now. We got out like Brits do. And Who's telling you this? Who's telling you it's the right road? Oh, we, we, we have a map. We, this is, okay. we didn't, but we didn't have GPS. We had a map. And so this can't be right. This is just a forest. Michael Jackson wouldn't live on a dirt track. This is, can't be right. Yeah, he's not a weird guy. And suddenly, you're right, suddenly, <laughs> down there in the forest was a clearing. And Wendy eventually said to me, a female producer, she said, am I dreaming? And down there, there was a glistening fire truck, right? Um, it was mint green. A very, being American, it was huge. And a man just wearing those kind of waders that fire engine men have and muscled and looking extraordinary like Brad Pitt was cleaning it with a very soapy rag. And she said, look down there, Danny. Am I, is this a dream now or is that? I said, no, an incredibly handsome man is hand polishing a gleaming fire truck. One of us must go down and ask him where Michael Jackson is. But I don't trust you. So I went down and asked him. 
of course, we eventually got to find... There's a long story. Is this a dream that I'm no, having no, now? This every is bit insane. is true. Every bit is true. It ends with me outside the massive gates, and they're huge, yes. like Mordor of Neverland. You can, you can like tell the it's Disney there gates. because you can see that the, um, the old Ferris wheel uh, in, the, in the background, me ringing... Can I speak to Michael Jackson, please? We come all the way from London. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson doesn't take personal calls. We've come all the way from... It was one of the most futile conversations I've ever had, but nobody released the hounds. It was <laughs> Nobody came out and bit me in the ass. So can we go back a minute? Yeah. What, what happened with this fire engine then? Did you ever find out what that was? No, he, he, he was... Was that Jackson's No, no, he, no, no, he was... The, he, I asked him. He was from the local forestry commission. Cases of forest fire. We have a little station here in the middle of the forest, and I, my job is to maintain the fire engine. So they were hiding. Mint green. <laughs> oh, he, 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 he was providing my friend Wendy with... Some some unexpected entertainment of the erotic variety. That's all I'll say. Uh, where were we going there? You were talking about uh, about uh, Timu oh, yes, Pukki. Right. Yeah, Timu. <laughs> um, yeah, Pukki. I mean, what what can you say? There he was... hasn't got his own fire engine, has he? No, but I think they'll probably get one for him though if he keeps scoring. Um, look, he scored three absolutely sensational goals. The first one, a dipping volley, where you know I think everyone in the stand thought or in the crowd thought this might go anywhere. Went. Well, went in the top corner, fantastic strike, um, terrific technique. His second then was equally good because he was kind of working this little angle to to get the defender to open his legs and he shot through them, which was brilliant. And his last one, it was a bit like Firmino's goal, cutting across the box and a little reverse, so clever. And what a player, really pleased for him. Because if you look at him, you kind of say, and I've saw him a lot last season, well, he's not that quick he doesn't he's not particularly tall you know his hold up plays okay you're thinking well what is he good at it's it's that hard thing, to, that, that getting the ball over the line the, thing yeah scoring yeah it's, they, quite, it's quite important yeah. but yeah. also it's one of those guys that i think is sort of a dying breed of striker where they where they exclusively play off the shoulder of the last man and they just make those timed runs you don't see it that often anymore you, the likes of francis jeffers used to do this where they were just constantly a but menace. he's not that he's not quick but his little but it, he's the so of his runs sharp in his brain yeah, yeah he's just quick in his brain and his movements i'm terrific. going back 15 years the player he reminded me of and I, perhaps it was because i was talking to simon jordan while the game was on about another show we've got to do um it's andrew johnson you can't see anything spectacular. Not that mm. quick. He's not going to win the ball in the air or rest it, but he gets the shot away nice and early, and he's always around the place where defenders don't want you to be. Yep, I mean, he's not as quick as Andrew, but no. he's he's um, really well supported behind him because they've got some lovely players. So, Timu Puki. Okay, here's our choice for Hero of the Week, the Championship. Sadio Mane, Unexpected Fire Engines, or P Timo Puki. <laughs> I'm going Fire Engines. I'm going Fire Engines. Fire Engines. And so there is our Hero of the Week. It is our Unexpected Appearances of Fire Appliances, Fire Engines, or other firefighting vehicles. The maximum that can happen for absolute cheating, even with VAR, is a yellow card. And today was a measure of that where it's got to stop. We're not talking about gamesmanship. We're not talking about cleverness. We're not talking about someone in the box and I, and I tap you and you go down. That's been there for 100 years. We're talking about no one touching anyone and people falling on the floor. Can City win it here? De Bruyne's delivery, Otamendi challenging for it. It may break towards Jesus with the shot. And Gabriel Jesus has done it. And Manchester City have done it yet again. So many late goals underpinning their brilliance. We have gone back and VAR has looked at the goal and has chalked it off. Well, can you believe it? Manchester City have been denied by VAR in the closing seconds against Tottenham, yet again. 
Yeah, you're listening to Game Day, the record book. Uh, and it is, of course, going to have a new entry in it uh, this week when we bother to make the record book when fire engines, soapy and otherwise, will make their first appearance in the definitive record of the 2019-2020 season, which just leaves one more thing to do on this part of the record book, though, of course, there is an appendix you can hear later in the week as well, and that is to pick our villain of the week. Um, I haven't started any of these. I'm very loath to do this for two reasons. One, I think he's a great thing in the Premier League, my man I'm going to nominate for villain. And two, I would not do it in his presence because he's the person I, I'm most scared of since the retirement of Mark Hughes uh, from the upper echelons of English football. Uh, Sean Dyche, um, whose Burnley team got beat at Arsenal, um, he went on and on and on afterwards about diving. Now, he is totally and completely and utterly and unimpeachably right about diving. It's a cancer in the game, not to belittle that terrible disease, um, but it really is a horrible thing in our game, and too many players are still leaving their leg in, as they say, and all the rest of it. But I just think Sean's own team had been the more, how can I put this, robust team in that game against Arsenal, um, and... Also, I sometimes think, and I'm looking at the professional footballer here, if you're going to have a big old go about something, particularly which involves the opposition, you must pick a game where you haven't lost because inevitably winemakers will be coming along and rejecting those sour grapes, saying, no, no, far too sour, even for our driest wine. Well, hang on a minute. Oh, He's got a 450 grand striker scoring for him, Ashley Barnes, up against a what? By the way, the dirtiest million. player in the league. Yep. Good, good luck, does, Ashley. And he does it brilliantly. So I think I've got a little bit of sympathy here for Sean Dyche because I think he's... He's sort of swimming upstream here without a paddle. I mean, you're scared of him, aren't you? Just scared. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed actually that they weren't as dirty as they could have been. Go on, and that's no, why this, I this think is the stuff. A, this is the stuff. Yeah, because if you look at say your Man Cities of this world, you spoke about them earlier. Even under oh. Pep, how many times they fouled Tottenham, and they were in at half time, one one, and I predicted one one on this show. So I'm going, go on then. You know, I was laughed at. Um, go on then, we can do this. They can do this. They can do a one one, but they're not going to keep it one one by playing nice football. They're going to have to make fouls, take some yellow cards, uh, be cynical, and for the goal. You know, they just back off. They could have easily taken him down. Um, Aubameyang, March earlier, Tarkovsky just drops off, drops off. And they ended the game, I think, with one booking. One yellow and card compared one, to Arsenal's two. One yellow card. And I it just was hardly a bloodbath, was it, the game? No, you know? no. <laughs> but I think it could have been worse. And that's my only criticism of Sean, that, that actually they could have been more cynical. I mean, obviously you're tremendously fresh-faced, David. Are you too young to have played against Sean Dyche? No, I think I did play against uh, Sean. Yeah, and if, I, you think I, you did? Were you unconscious? I, I think, yeah, exactly. I think da David was six six foot the day he started to play against <laughs> Sean, and now he's five eight. Yeah, yeah, I have come across him, and he's um, but he's a he's a very nice uh, guy, and he's got a a good coaching and staff. And I love talking to him as well. And, if you ask yeah. him a direct question, he'll answer you. Yeah. Can I ask you this, David? Um, do you? Fans, I know, people of my uh, generation, I mean, Mark is much, much, much younger. Um, I really miss the days. I don't want to see people getting clogged out the game. I really miss when people could belt each other and run into tackles without the referee waving cars and all the rest of it. As an ex-player, do you miss that? Yeah. I think it's it's um, a part of the game, you know, being tough and getting on with it. We spoke about Jolington, the slight little twinge he's off. I don't know. I'd... Um, it's a side that I think is lacking and I think it's an important part of the English game and it's sort of been eroded and a, a, a bit like passing out from the back <laughs> eroded it's gone I, I, I think I quoted this statistic to the other lads last week but I'm going to say it again because it so blew my mind 10 years ago when Reading 
were relegated from the Premier League. They had the worst tackling record, the least tackles made of all the 20 teams in the Premier League. Last year, they would have been top with the same number of tackles. Tackling's gone completely. Interceptions, if you take N'Golo Kante out of the game, that's gone as well. We just defend now the edge of our box um, with, with sort of rushing out press until someone has a shot. Hopefully it goes wide. Um, what, Mark, you want to... Uh, again, you've gone off piste here. Your villain is not a person, no. but a thing. An intangible. It's an intangible, uh, which has felt very tangible this weekend and last weekend, actually. This is the handball rule. Ah, There's no way we could get through the show without talking about this. Mm. I thought it might be at the very top, but here we are. Uh, the handball Not on this rule, show. We've had fire engines to deal with. We have, which actually yeah. won an entry into yeah, the it book, did, yeah. remarkably. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend we had the Man City game uh, against Spurs, obviously, and the last-minute goal, 93rd minute, whatever it was, the uh, Jesus winner ruled out because of a handball by the attacking team in the build-up to the goal. Now, it's not VAR that I have the issue with. I have separate issues with that. It's mm-hmm. for another day. Um, but He's got a bag of issues that he carries around with him. That's what this backpack's for. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the rule itself seems to me that it doesn't seem fair for the rule to be different for one team to the other. So the attacking team, it will be the, the rule will be enforced. But if you're a defender in that situation, it might not necessarily be ruled out or, or given or anything. So why is it... If you're going to do this rule, and I don't agree with this, if you do it, though, you should surely have it. Same rule for everybody. If no. it hits any arm at any point, no. it's a free no, kick or no, penalty. No, 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 Go on. Um, if, I, if I was a fitter man, I'd run in, come in on my, off my long run, but uh, assume I've come in off the boundary for this one. Um, <laughs> let me ask you two straightforward questions. Do you want to see penalties given for accidental handball? Absolutely not. Right, so there's your answer to the first part of this. You cannot have it uh, for defenders. So otherwise, people like him would be flicking Don't the ball, up, ball on, yeah, as we saw in the Champions League, final, which is exactly what and happened. And in, in hockey. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Foul, yeah. Spoil the game. I did say I right. don't agree with that. No, no, quite. But it's got to be And And then do, do you want goals to stand where a hand has been used to change the direction of the ball, which ends up being a chance? Uh, depends if it's accidental or not. See, I, I, I have some sympathy with that view, but um, I have very little sympathy with uh, Pep Guardiola complaining about it afterwards because it was him going on about accidental handball with uh, Fernando Llorente in the Champions League that almost single-handedly, no pun intended, led to the change in the rule. You can't have it both ways, Pep. Well, here's a question then. So the rule currently is if it hits an attacker's arm in the build-up to the play and it leads to a goal, it will be overturned by VAR. Mm-hmm. However, if instead of scoring that goal, Jesus doesn't score, but instead he gets fouled for a penalty... That penalty would be given, despite yes. there being in the build-up a handball. Because it makes the, no sense. No, the rule because the, the rule now says if it results, if in it results goal. in a goal. Yep. Yeah, but you, you, but the handball could still no, lead no, to a penalty. No, the which busier one is going to be uh, Tom. Uh, sorry, uh, Mark. Beg your pardon. Um, I, th- I make you absolutely wrong. But uh, come back to me. <laughs> come back to me when somebody handles the ball on the halfway line and four passes later it goes into the net. Right. Then you're going to see the, uh, the excrement uh, hit, hit the proverbial. Um, but I. Uh, <laughs> I think I think they've got the spirit of this right that you don't want penalties. I hate the penalties where the ball hits the hand accidentally. Absolutely. And I also um, and David Connolly, I'm looking at you. I remember Thierry Henry's mm. assistance for France against the Republic of Ireland, and I want gold disallowed of his handballs. Now that was deliberate. To be fair to you, that was deliberate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Deliberate versus non-deliberate. But Ireland, I think I think we got about five million compensation for that, so we did okay out of that. Hang on. How much as did you get? Supposed to qualifying for the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you made a bottle or two out of it, did you? Oh, no, I didn't. No, but that's what... How um, much did you get? That's what the FA negotiated. His house His house is called Henri's Handball. Yes. <laughs> Shea Henri. The rule. Um, what about... Uh, who's your villain of the week, uh, Oh, there's, there's a couple it could be. I mean, we had um, Jack Grealish, his first Premier League player to lose 20 games on the spin. Um... 
So he's up there. That's but an incredible thought, isn't mm. it? Isn't it? Incredible. I mean, but actually, he played, he played really well. He played very well. It wasn't his fault, this uh, result. Team necessarily. game. Team game and all that. But your uh, teammates but, will start to look at you sideways. Of course, the other great example of that was Gareth Bale in his start of his career at Tottenham. He couldn't he, win for... He couldn't for, win for yeah. L nor M. Yeah, but he's up there. But I'm going to give it to... I know we've spoken about Newcastle already, but it's got to be Steve Bruce. I'm sorry. I love your obsessions, Norwich. This is great. Positive, yeah. Newcastle, negative. I mean, Bruce, he knows what he was expecting, you know, coming up against Daniel Fartside. He played them when he was at Sheffield Wednesday last season. Not to play Sean Longstaff, I think, was a cardinal sin. I've they got a feeling Newcastle, so the, the, the fire department wouldn't allow you into your car. Is that what happened there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so for me, it's going to be um, Steve Bruce. So Longstaff, who, as you're saying, is, is a, one of those players who snuffs out danger. He is, in fact, another firefighter, isn't he? Yeah. He's putting out fires. Well, there's um, going to be some fires up there. I'm not too sure he's got enough fire engines to put them out up there. You're really not having this Newcastle team no, at all, I'm, are you? I'm, I'm worried for them. And I've, I've lived up in the northeast, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great place. But it's a pressure cooker, of, and a lot of it revolves around football. And yeah. um, that's why it makes, it's great to live and play football up there. But when it's not going well, it's difficult. And he's already having to answer quite a lot of tricky questions, Steve. His, his substitutions, Jethro Willems, for example, not playing long staff. So I think he's under a little bit of pressure, Bruce. So there's your three nominations for the villain of the week. Um, I whisper it, one of them is Sean Dyche. I don't want him to win because if he hears about it... Any, I mean, that sounds it'll, like it'll, Sean Dyche. Yeah. It'll be the very end of this show. No, no, no one wants to see it nipped in the bud so early. Um, so I'm kind of counting him out. Are we going to have the handball rule or Steve Bruce? The handball rule? For me, handball rule. All day long. I, Steve Bruce. I was, <laughs> ah, it's left to me. Um, having told you why you're absolutely wrong about the handball rule, and in I every, reject that, Danny. In, in every possible way, um, I think it is going to be the villain of the week because uh, it's caused enough grief uh, for people to have the proper proper discussion. I do think in the end we will have to rewrite some of the laws. Uh, people talk about rules, the laws of football to deal with um, VAR and ultra slow motion. Can we change those rules? During the season, is that allowed, or have we got to wait to the end of the season now? Uh, well, they did in the Women's World Cup with the yes, penalties, the goalkeepers, and all that. Goalkeepers, yeah. okay, well, that's so good. you never know. I don't think they'll change it in the middle of the season. I think they'll try and let the thing, whole thing, bed in as we are trying to let the game day, the record book, uh, bed in as well. Um, there, you've had uh, another uh, episode of it. I enjoyed it very much, indeed. David Conley, thank you very much for coming in and contributing and starting the whole business with fire engines. Uh, Mark Smith, thank you for coming in and reveal that you care nothing about your family. It shows commitment to broadcasting uh, comedy in Can Derby we cut County. That bit? What's happening? Can we cut that bit? <laughs> no, no. But that's essentially what you said, and I, I, I admire your honesty. Yes. And of course, don't forget, you're still young enough to get married several times more. <laughs> Absolutely Listen, right. Thank you both very much. And most of all, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, if you look out in the next couple of days as well, you'll see there is a magnificent appendix, which you can also download. Thanks for listening to Game Day, the record book. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.